Welcome to episode 15 of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies podcast. I am your co-host, the father, also known as Pastor Matt, and I am joined, as always, by your trusty co-host, Jackson the Son, and one of the movies we're talking about today really sucks on so many levels. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Jason X reference there. So oh, right oh, spoiler alert. Okay, so... We are typically a monthly podcast, but we are embarking on a franchise review, or we have embarked on a franchise review of Friday 13th movies. Why? Because we just had Friday 13th, um, just past Friday. And actually it was the uh, last Friday 13th with a full moon until I think 2049. Wow. Yeah, so uh, we're recording this Sunday, September 15th. Um, but moreover, we're doing this because I won the lottery to visit Camp Nobibosco, where they filmed the original Friday the 13th, and just returned, and we'll report on this later. But today, we are finishing our Friday 13th franchise review covering Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason, and the 2009 reboot. Now, be warned, we are a spoiler podcast. We spoil the movies we review, so keep that in mind. I can't imagine anybody's listening to this you know uh, even though we have more than now almost 7,000 listeners who subscribe but I can't imagine anybody hasn't seen Jason X Freddy vs. Jason and the 2009 reboot but in case you haven't just be warned now so before we get to the movies I promised to report back on my trip to Camp Blood now Here's the deal. Why this was a big deal and I went to do it was it is private property. It is a private Boy Scout camp. You can't just go to Camp Blood where they filmed Friday 13th in 1980. Um, and the cops there in Blairstown, they do wash it, uh, watch it very carefully. And for good reason, um, uh, one of the <laughs> tour guides told me that one guy tried to sneak onto the property and baptize his son where Jason was drowned. What the heck? Uh, I'm just telling you what he said. I, I don't, there's no sense to it, but I'm just telling you that's what they did. So I believe it. They have thousands of people enter this lottery. They uh, accept a couple hundred. Um, I was the one, one of the ones who got to go. So, uh, I went, cashed in airline miles. Um, there were all kinds of uh, airplane delays. I didn't get to my hotel to 2 o'clock in the morning and then had to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning, but it was totally worth it. It's amazing. It, it's smaller than you would imagine. Really? Um, Camp Crystal Lake, the original Camp Crystal Lake, is only about a half a mile long. Wow. They yeah, really add a lot of scale in the movie. Yeah, it's it's not very big. Um, and unfortunately, some of the set scenes, some of the cabins are no longer there. Like um, if you remember the original movie where Steve Christie and Alice are um, putting up gutters, that cabin's no longer there. Um, the cabin where Ned walks in chasing Mrs. Voorhees, spoiler alert, um, that cabin is no longer there, but the, everything else is there. Um, and they've done a great job of keeping it up. So if you're okay with this, Jackson, I'll just go ahead and give a brief report on yeah. what happened. So on my Friday 13th at 
at Crystal Lake. Um, you get there about eight, nine o'clock. You hang for an hour or two. Then you go on a three hour tour of the camp. Um, and one of the tour guides was there. This is a Boy Scout camp, as I said. And one of the tour guides that I met was actually on set when they filmed it as a Boy Scout. Wow. He what was there. Exactly. He was there when Steve Christie met his demise. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and he told the story. He said, when Steve Christie is driving back to the camp, first of all, um, his Jeep never moved. He's sitting in the Jeep. Um, they're showering rain on him. The Blairstown, New Jersey Fire Department <laughs> is showering rain down on him. And they have a couple grips underneath the car rocking the Jeep to make it look like it's moving. And so they get that. And then he gets out and all that kind of stuff. And he gets fake stabbed and all that stuff. Now where the Camp Novi Bosco sign is. Um, so you have the three-hour tour. Um, no Gilligan's Island reference there intended, but it's just a three-hour tour. And you you go into everything. You see where they shot, where the canoe was, where Al, you know Alice is, and Ari Lehman as the first Jason jumps out. And you've learned that it's October. It was cold. Ari, Lime, Ari Lehman got hypothermia from oh doing that gosh. scene. That's a running theme with Friday movies. Uh, it really is. And Tom Savini and his assistant Tasso were in the water as well, holding the canoe because the canoe oscillates. It spins. Mm -hmm. um, so they had to hold it tight to get the shot. Um, so you have lunch. You hang out with the cast and crew after the tour. Um, I met Tom Savini, Adrian King, Janine Taylor, you know, Ron Milfe. I, I met, you know, everybody except for Kevin Bacon and the one actress who, oh, I can't remember. And I'm ashamed because she died and she died in Lynchburg, by the way. Yeah. Um, she was a born again Christian who went to Liberty University. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, but I, I, it's, it's crazy to me, all the people that worked on these movies, they're from all over the world and they converged in New Jersey to make a movie that was, nobody knew it was going to be a success. And somehow we're talking about a 2009 reboot that had like a, what, $4 million budget. Like, no, it had a $19 million budget, but, 19 it, made, million. but it made more than 90 million. Wow. The, yeah, it's just, it's a crazy thing that that was that little movie. You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. It was, and it was funny because the guy who was the Boy Scout there told me, he said, the, uh, Sean, Sean Cunningham's crew who went out scouting for locations, they were actually supposed to go to a different camp. Mm. Uh, they got lost and showed up at Camp Novi Bosco. And they walked in and they looked, and the camp manager didn't know who they were, overheard the conversation, and what the conversation was, was this place is a dump. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so they, that's why they, they shot there. But you have lunch, you hang out with the cast and crew, you get your stuff signed. Um, and that's kind of chaos. You buy photos, all that kind of stuff. I didn't buy any photos. Um, Adrian King 
asked me if I wanted to take a photo. I said no. And she kind of looked at me and I said, no, it's not because I don't want a photo of you. I said, I don't want a photo of me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, and she laughed and it was and she's a sweetheart, by the way. I mean, just one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, so then you hang around the camp and they have a Q&A with they had Harry Manfredini, Adrian King, Tom Savini, Ron Milkey, Janine Taylor, who played Marcy, Tasso, who played uh, Mrs. Voorhees with the hairy hands. Um <laughs> You know, they had all those people there. Tom McLaughlin was there. Ari Lehman was there. It, it, it was just, it, you know, it was, well, Ari Lehman was at Jason Fest. I'll get to that later. But it was incredible. And then after that, you watched the movie on the beach with the cast and crew, and there was a full moon. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. So I, I will say, like I said, Adrian King, sweetheart, Tom Savini, uh, <laughs> what happened? He was okay. I, I will give him credit. He hung out with people at breakfast. He hung out with people at lunch. Um, he answered every question. He just kind of seemed annoyed to even be there. And then he pulled this move. When I was at Harry Manfredini's booth, getting a CD signed for you, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, which he signs it in red. And he puts the ma 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 on the notes. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So that you've got that headed your way, um, along with a Jason Mass signed by Tom Savini. But oh my gosh, uh, and a Camp Crystal Lake tour hat because I know you Christmas have, come so, early. Hey, you got it, buddy. And so um, Tom Savini has a bullwhip. Um. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. It, it, and so he starts cracking the bullwhip while people are signing photos. Now, I'm at Harry Manfredini's booth. It's at the far end. My back is to Tom Savini. All of a sudden, I hear pop, pop, pop. He's cracking the bullwhip. Everybody else is thinking it's a shooting. Oh, They're no. Exactly. They're dropping for cover. And I'm like, Tom, yeah. And, and Harry Manfredini doesn't miss a beat. He just looks up and goes, ah, oh, somebody tell Tom to quit cocking around. <laughs> <laughs> so now that, I got to ask, was yeah. this like, was this expected? Is this what happens at every one of these? It's just Tom no. Savini brings out the old bullwhip. No. And, and, and here's the thing. I mean, you, like I said, you can't just go to camp Novi Bosco. It's private property and the cops watch it. You have to enter the lottery to go. Uh, through Camp Crystal Lake tours. That, that's what you have to do. Uh, they had like 5,000 people enter, 200 people won. That's how it works. And, that's, and they only hold it on Friday 13th. Mm -hmm. Now, they've had, it since, they've had it for like five or six years now. Tom Savini has been there for almost every year. Um, now, it costs about 400 bucks to go. All the proceeds go to the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. which is cool. You were a Boy Scout. Yep. And so I, I didn't have a problem with that. And then all the autographs and stuff go to the celebrities that they bring in. I don't have a problem with that. They're making a living, but I spent way too much money on this stuff. But <laughs> anyway, I got lots of stuff, you know, by Tom, signed by Tom Savini and Adrian King and Han Her uh, uh, Manfredini and all that kind of stuff. Most of that stuff's going to you. Mm -hmm. 
I did keep a hockey mask for myself signed by Tom Savini. It's a Friday 13th full final chapter mask signed by Tom Savini. Um, And he was very nice at the, and he did hang out with people at the, he was at the fireplace, the original fireplace. If you remember the original Friday 13th, hallelujah. (laughs) And then they were going into Tom Dooley, that fireplace. He hung out there, talked to people. He brought the original Mrs. Voorhees head with him. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that picture on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah. he brought that with him. So that was cool. So it was a really cool time. I've got some stuff signed for the guys for H&P. I've got stuff signed for you. I am not a horror convention guy. I don't like paying. I just saw a thing on Twitter where Rose McGowan was at Horror Hound charging $80 for her autograph. Oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's gotten out of hand. Uh, None of those people there signed, you know, did uh, charge that much. It was always like 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they were very kind. I mean, Adrian King, again, she was she hugged everybody. She was upset (laughs) that she couldn't meet everybody. I mean, she was a sweetheart. So um, it was a great, great weekend. It was a lot of fun. Got a lot of stuff. And we will have some stuff to give away. So, oh, oh, yeah. Um, I got uh, a prize pack and there's lots of stuff in there including a Camp Crystal Lake backpack and all kind of stuff. But here's what I'm going to give away. And here's how we'll do this. If you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to this podcast, you, I, we, you and I will pick at random a winner to win a Crystal Lake Tours Tumblr or a Crystal Lake Tour Notebook. And so two people will win. Um, we will pick at random and we will do that. And so two of you out there will win a Crystal Lake Tours Tumblr or a Crystal Lakes Tour Notebook. And some of you other podcast hosts who have been so kind outside of HNP to mention us, I am sending you a Crystal Lake um, uh, vial of Crystal Lake water. Oh, labeled angry mother tour (laughs) so uh that'll be coming your way because we love you guys we can't believe how many followers we've got it's been incredible you know that we had at 12 episodes we were at 6200 subscribers that's Uh, insane yeah and so we're probably over 7,000 now so we appreciate it and we want to give back to you guys so With that in mind, let's get into the movies. We are finishing up our Friday 13th franchise review, and we kick it off with 2002's Jason X. Coming soon. He is an unstoppable killing machine. What the hell is going on? Jason Voorhees. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Uh Uh-oh. Jason X. I don't think he's out there. Why don't you stick your head out and have a peek? Are coming soon. So, Jackson, Jason goes to space 
He does. Leprechaun did it. Critters did it. Why not Jason? And Pinhead did it. Pinhead, that's right. Well, Pinhead's been everywhere. He's an interdimensional being. I'm fine with that. But I think it was a bit of a stretch with Jason, so they decided to do the time leap, and I guess it works all right. Um, Can you make any sense out of going from Jason Goes to Hell to Jason X? Can you make any sense from uh, Jason Takes Manhattan to Jason Goes to Hell? (laughs) None of these movies make sense. They're like... I think of the Friday the 13th franchise sort of as, like, each movie is its own reality. You've got alternate realities each time. Um, I think the first four, even though that uh, continuity doesn't make any sense, but those are the most interconnected. After that, it kind of... But, but, according to Simon Hawke, who wrote the novelizations, I will stick by. We can make sense between one and two. After that, Yep. You're right. Nope. It goes off the rails. So one and two are one universe, and every subsequent movie, that's their own universe, I guess. But um, I like Jason X. I don't know about you, but I really like Jason X. There's a lot of problems with it, and I can talk about those. But uh, this is a fun movie. It's a fun movie? Yeah, it's fun. All right, let's talk about this. Okay, so... Mm -hmm. When I was preparing for this, um, I was listening to horror movie podcasts, franchise review of Friday 13th, and they pointed this out, and I agree. Jason X is basically an Aliens ripoff, with Jason playing the part of a xenomorph, Mm -hmm. the professor playing the part of Burke, and Rowan, uh, the uh, protector of Jason from the beginning, before she met David Cronenberg, playing the part of Ripley. (laughs) And yeah, Todd, Todd Farmer wrote the script, and he's in this, as he always is. And his name in the script? Dallas. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, is that a bad thing? It's, it might be a loving homage. Or a ripoff. <laughs> yeah, but the, I, this is a comedy. This is a comedy movie. Can we both agree that this is more comedy than horror? Jason X? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a, so. it's a bad sci-fi movie, what? sci-fi channel movie with comedy. Yeah. I love this. Mo- I don't love this movie, but I like this movie a lot. I can talk. I I, I want to talk about that, but first I want to talk about the problems I have with it because this movie does have a lot of problems. Yes, um, it does. <laughs> it has problems with uh, shifts in tone, in my opinion. Um, like the oh, opening. Boy. The opening with David Cronenberg is really dark and, and horrifying. It's, like, action-packed. And then we cut to, like, a straight comedy scene. Hockey is outlawed. You know, the stoner gets his arm cut off, and then he just carries it around until it gets reattached. I mean, it's, it's funny. I think it's funny. But I feel like maybe the shift could be could have been done better. Um, I also well, don't care. let's talk that. about, can you make sense of David Cronenberg's line when he says... Um, I want him soft. Oh, uh, they brought that up. And how did this get made? Yeah, well, just as opposed to frozen, fresh, never frozen. He's got that Wendy's attitude. uh, uh, They already know he can regenerate. That makes no sense. It makes sense. I don't know. Well, it's David Cronenberg. Does he really ever know what's going on? I mean, I don't know what's going on inside that guy's head. He's got Jeff Goldblum turning into a fly and TVs taking over your brain. So, I mean, 
But I can make more sense of that than this. I mean, honestly, look, I watched this on VHS back during a summer break from law school. Mm-hmm. At that time, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Rewatching it on DVD last night, I think it's a mess. Really? Um, bad acting. Mm, I like some of the acting. Okay, we have to talk about the that. Sergeant Brodsky is awesome. Okay, he's he's fine. But the rest of the cast? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, but hey, Jason's physical acting. Jason is really scary in this one. Um, um, he keeps breathing. Um, yeah, really well, bad CGI. Like sci-fi channel CGI. Yeah, the CGI is awful. I don't really care for the sets or the outfits. They all look really... Or they look like early 2000s. You know, it's it's very like leftover 90s. You know, when the 90s died, but it's then... It's Beverly Hills 90210 dialogue in clothes. Yeah. Well, it's it's really... I don't like the names of the characters either. Like, you have Kicker and Gecko. Like, that. they took some young adult novel, and they were like, yeah, that's probably what people will set, like, their names will be like in the future. And that, that's pretty stupid. But I think there are a lot of positives in this movie. I have a whole list written okay. down, and I can talk about give it. Me, give me your list of the positives. Let's, let's hit sure. this. Go for it. Jason in this movie means business. Um, that first scene with him all locked up and they come in and he's replaced on the thing with the, the guard that he killed. That's awesome. The kills are all awesome in this movie. Jason looks and acts really menacing. Sergeant Brodsky, um, is really cool. I mean, he's like, he's like the, the quint of this movie. Um, his final sacrifice is Are you really comparing this to Jaws? Are you serious? Sure, it's not as it's. I mean, it's it's a comedy movie. I mean, we can't. I'm not going to hold it to the same standard as a straight horror movie. But they're definitely the the archetype is what I'm talking about. That archetype character. All his, right. His final sacrifice when he tackles Jason in space and then burns up in the atmosphere. That's so memorable. Like that. That's the image that I remember the most. Jason. Where does he go, by the way? Is that Earth or Earth Two? I. It, I, it looks like Earth 2 because there's people on it and it doesn't look desolate. I'm not sure. Because you see in that final shot, there are two people, you know, just standing around without spacesuits on. When the... I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. But um, logic is not this movie's strong suit. The strong suit is oh, the action. Come on. You're a future filmmaker and you're going to tell me that you like a movie where logic is not its strong no. suit? I don't like it because of that. I like it because of all the things it does right. Like the VR scene, or the VR scenes, I should say. Those are great. When Jason's killing the stereotypical teen holograms, like, and he does the sleeping wanna, bag kill. You want to smoke some pot? Or... Yeah. 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 Want to smoke some pot? We love premarital sex. And then he <laughs> immediately cut to him sleeping sleeping bag killing them. Which, is, that I think this is the definitive sleeping bag kill, where he takes one and hits the other with it on the sleeping bag. That's great. Um, and I love just seeing Jason's reactions. He's so confused. He hasn't. He doesn't know if it's real or not. He's tilting his head back and forth. He's like, what is going on? I just love when Jason is humanized. Like, you're like, this dude is so confused. Um, I like Jason in this movie. I think Uber Jason, I think his name is. I think he looks super cool. Like, with the red eyes and the, the metallic hockey mask. He looks really scary. Um, Which, what... What organic ants or whatever is going to give them metal? I mean, well, what? did you what? watch? 
the, remember the the nanobots they're nanobots and it says like there's not enough human tissue because his face got all blown up so they recreated it with metal remember it's like uh, yeah okay. it, it makes it makes enough sense but no when the stoner lost his arm if the nanobots were going for the best you know kind of recreation or when rowan they're recreating her from dead they would have made her both of them metal no that's well, he, the stoner the stoner had his arm with him all the nanobots did were like join the two things together if you remember he got they, the shot they have joined it with like aluminum or metal or something yeah. flesh yeah i guess i don't know the nanobots also make clothing i it's just it's a <laughs> yeah it makes sense it to makes me. no sense buddy come on okay I I like I like this one. I don't love it. It's not not in my top five. Not in my top three. It is. It's in my top ten because there are only twelve of these. Right. But um, I yeah. That. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying it's not fun. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's a mess. I think it's. I think it's tight. I don't. I don't. I don't think it, it's. It's tight. Yeah, it's tight. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of filler. I think it gets straight to the point. I think it needed some filler. <laughs> you think it needed filler? We nobody comes to these movies for the human plot. They come for Jason killing people, and that liquid oh, nitrogen. Oh, okay, kill. Bill Shetty. Um, the liquid, the liquid nitrogen kill. It's fantastic. You have to admit no, that is that, really yeah, iconic. that is fantastic. I, that, I agree. The sleeping bag kill. kill. It has the definitive sleeping bag That's, kill. Um, it has that. It has that kill where the guy gets cut in half and then he starts crawling along, like his uh, upper half is crawling. CGI spaceships that look like the robot from the Hitchhiker's yeah, Galaxy but, are terrible. But, I mean, but it's... the guy that gets that falls onto the giant screw and then they say, what's his state? And, and she says, he's screwed. That's fantastic. Mm, That's so no. good. <laughs> no. Oh, and Sergeant Brodsky gets... gets oh, stabbed. that's awful. You he like gets, that line where he gets, says, oh, that did it? Yeah, he gets stabbed once. He's like, it's going to take more than that to put me down. Then he gets stabbed another time. He's like, yep, that'll do it. <laughs> Who did I raise? Oh, no. You like this movie. I can tell that you're just hounding on it. You had fun with this. You have to admit, this is a fun watch. It's like it, it is. It's like the room of movies. I don't like the dialogue at all. I think the human characters are stupid. But the Jason action in this is awesome. You're, you're, you're comparing this to the room. Okay, look. Uh, I will admit. Did you compare this? What, what, I think Jason takes Manhattan and this movie are the closest we get to the room. Uh, Jason, no. The room is about ten times better than Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> but that being said, um, I, okay. I had only watched this movie once on VHS back when you could rent VHS um, back like a year before you were born. Mm -hmm. Um in a blockbuster in Ithaca, New York. Now, that being said, uh, re-watching it last night, which I've seen bits and parts of it on cable, but this is the first time I've watched the whole thing um, since then. I had a lot of problems with it. I mean, and, okay, now, I will admit, I was really tired. There were a lot of flight delays getting back from New Jersey and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm still tired. Maybe mm -hmm. that factored into it. But, no, I had more complaints than I had fun with it. 
Mm, okay, but you have to admit, this sucks on so many levels is an iconic line. Uh, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This sucks on so many levels, and she's immediately sucked out of a, a hole in the in the ship. And, I and swear that also do that as a filmmaker, I will not, 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 not keep sending you signed stuff from Tom Savini. Do not do that. Don't do that as a it's filmmaker. It's hilarious, though. This is a comedy movie. If he, This is laughable stuff. That's that's what they were going for. It's laughable. I'll give you that. But yeah. it's, I, I don't think it's intentionally laughable. You don't think that this is intentionally funny? Uh, from Todd Farmer? No. You don't think the part where the professor is like, it's cool, guys, he just wanted his machete back, and then later we, we see his, his beheaded, like, Jason, like, shows the guy his, his head. I don't like, Yo, look at that this. from beginning to end, Todd Farmer meant it as a comedy. I may be wrong. Really? Hockey with Outlaw in 2024. This is the facial armor from that sport. You don't think that's funny? That You don't think that's intentionally funny? Uh, I don't think that's funny. What about the scene? What about the scene where the 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 student is squeezing the professor's nipple and he goes, "You passed." You don't think that's supposed to be funny? I think that's sick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's weird. Bright. Yeah, that's um, pretty depraved. Um, but I just uh, no, I I can't get past the CGI. I think it's mm-hmm. so bad. I think the this prof- is the early two thousands. That was everywhere. Aww. Once they saw Jurassic Park, they were like, "We can make everything CG now," and it was awful. Okay, but you're going to compare this to Jurassic Park? No, but I said it was awful. I just said that after Jurassic Park, every movie, every horror movie was like, okay, so now we can just make things with CGI and put less effort into it. Scream didn't. I'm, I'm not, okay, not, not every horror movie, but <laughs> uh-huh. horror movies that had effect shots. Okay, so... Scream doesn't, they... have all, I, Scream doesn't have what I would call a lot of big effect shots. They have a lot of stuff that'd be easier to do practically. But they could have done it practically. Um, a lot of this practically, and I would have preferred it. Model scene. work is a hard... It's it's a trade that's a lot harder to do than to take the early 2000 CG stuff and program, you know, models. Uh, I, uh, I just... I Look, I understand why people find it fun. I do. Um, I understand why you could say it's so bad it's good. Mm-hmm. As how did this get made? Did, mm-hmm. um, but I don't see how you can say this is a good movie. No, it's so bad. I I would say it's so bad it's good. I this is not a movie okay. that I would show somebody and be like, this is actually a good movie and you can enjoy this academically. Okay, I'll accept that. I I, it's it's the CGI is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. Um, the, I mean, I know this is weird. Costume design is terrible. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I think the acting is terrible. It's, um, at the end of the day, it's Kane Hodder in a sci-fi channel movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. That I can accept. Nothing else I will accept. So okay. let's... Let's go ahead. Do you have anything else on this movie before we rate and review it? Nope. I'm ready to get my rating, and I'm interested to see what yours will be. Well, you go first. Let's okay. hear it. My, my rating? I'm coming, in, I'm coming in low for how much fun I have with this movie. I'm, I'm giving it a 6.5, um, which I, if 
for the fun factor of it, I would say it's a seven. But if I'm combining the fun with like the actual technicalities of it, it's a six point five out of ten, which is still a positive rating. Wow. I'm coming in at a four point five. Ooh. I'm saying that that's brutal. It's only a must see if you are a rabid Friday Thirteenth movie fan. <laughs> Otherwise, avoid it. I think if you're a if you're a comedy fan, this is a good pick for you. Well, you know, Paul and Jason and June at at, at uh, how did this get made may agree with you, but I okay. Now, I, like I said, I will admit I was tired last night when I rewatched this. Um, it was a long day. There were four or five hour delays coming back from New Jersey from Camp Novibosco. I was irritated. I was tired. Um, so that may play into it. But I'm sticking by 4.5 and avoid unless you're a rabid Friday 13 fan. Oh, no. That's where I'm coming in. So now we move to just a little over a year later to 2003's Freddy versus Jason. For generations, they have been the two biggest names in terror. He may get the blood, but I'll get the glory. Freddy's coming back. And this summer, for the first time ever, she's mine! Two legends will come together. It's time to put this bad dog to sleep. A ghost! Freddy versus Jason. Winner kills all. Rated R. Thoughts on this one, buddy? I hate this movie. You really do? Yep, I hate this movie. Really? I'm shocked. Yeah. You like Jason X, but you hate this movie? Yep. Okay, tell me uh, why. Um, th- Because it's not trying to be funny like uh, Jason X was. This is just so... Ugh. The early 2000s like tropes are so strong. I mean, the choppy slow motion... The, the neon rave in a cornfield. The cheesy one-liners that just don't land at all. Yeah, it's heavily Matrix-influenced, right? Yeah. Um, the characters all suck, and they're not, like, entertainingly bad. They're just boring. Like, Kia, the girl that wants to get a nose job, so Freddy rips her nose off and says, Got your nose. Right. Um, not good. <laughs> All of the when people get hit in this movie, they fly forty feet into the air. Like Ke- the Kia, that same uh, character, when she gets hit by Jason with a machete, her the dummy flies through the air, and it, you can see from its limbs as they're flapping in the wind that it's obviously a dummy, and it hits a tree. Um, it's just right, so well, hold bad. Hold on a second. You have a problem with the effects in this movie, but not Jason X. Oh, I had a problem with the effects, but I found them funny. With this one, they're trying to pass it off as cool. Okay. Um, All right. So I, it's you had a problem with Freddy Foo. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I like. Yes, I like this movie. I, I mean, I don't like this movie. I hate this movie. I like the plot of this movie. That's what I meant to say. Don't take okay. that out of. Don't okay. take that. Sound no, you bite. like the plot. You don't like the execution. Yeah, I really like the idea that Freddy is using Jason as a vessel to come back into the consciousness of, you know, the public. Because without people being scared of him, he can't invade their nightmares. So um, he's got to have Jason kill people and make it look like Freddy's killing people on Elm Street so that he can come back 
and start killing people. But then he gets jealous of Jason because Jason's taking all his kills once Freddy finally comes to power and they have a fight. And that is a really cool idea. I like how we we they fight in both the dream world and the real world. And in the dream world, Freddy's got the upper hand, but in the real world, Jason's got the upper hand. I love that balance. What I don't like is that Jason is scared of water and Freddy is scared yeah. of fire. What the heck? Why is this? Jason has never been scared yeah. of water. He drowned, but also he swims through water all the time. Can we yeah, talk ask, about the ask Paul the... again? Final chapter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everyone. Yeah, and Friday. Friday one when he jumps out of the water and. Well, every... but to be fair, that's a dream sequence. Yes. Okay. Well, like you said, final chapter, he jumps out of the water, kills people. In part seven, he drags somebody down under the water, meaning that he was down there. Part True. six, he walks right into the water, not even thinking about it. He's not scared of the water. And let me, why I was thinking about this, I gave a lot of crap to Kane Hodder for his breathing as a zombie, which you don't need to do. That being said, on rewatch, when C.J. Graham is playing Jason in Friday 13 Part 6, I understand, and I had this conversation with Tom McLaughlin, and he took full responsibility for it. If you watch, when Tommy is in the boat, how does he know where Jason is in the water? Bubbles. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So C.J. Graham gives a lot of crap to Kane Hodder for breathing, but C.J. Graham's Jason is either breathing underwater or farting. One or the <laughs> other. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, okay. So I, I agree with you there. I uh, I saw this in a theater in Ithaca, New York, about a week before I started my last year of law school, before you were born. Um, and I remember liking it at the time. I do have some issues with it now. I see what you're saying. I think the director was the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Too much of his action film background seeps in. And so you get Freddy Foo, you get too much of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. I also think I'm, you know, despite the facts, the fact that I have a problem with Kane Hodder breathing deeply, I do think they should have cast Kane Hodder. Yeah. Um, I think they should have snagged a horror director for this movie, like Steve Miner, who mm-hmm. resurrected Halloween H2O. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And Jason X was actually a flop. I mean, it was made for twelve million. It made sixteen million, and typically made for twelve million means it cost twenty four with marketing, so it lost money. Right, right. Um, now this movie made a lot of money, so, and that's all Sean Cunningham cares about, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. from a box office perspective, he made the right choice. Um, I do like Monica Keener as the final girl hero. I do like her. Yeah, she has a good... Mm, I don't like a lot of the stuff with her dad and their, the whole subplot that no, like I he, he killed her mom. But I do like the end, I guess, when she beheads Freddy. That's cool. But um, I, I like her. I like her story art. I don't like the dialogue. Kelly Rowland, holy crap. She's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like her. But other than that, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the movie. Yeah. Um, I can Jason X, but I don't like it that much. Right. Um, Robert England in this is fantastic. 
But you know what? I, I got you. I got to get your opinion on this. I'm not a Freddy guy. I I love the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I really like Dream Warriors. Yep. I think New Nightmare was bold. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I hate the Freddy movies. Yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan either. I like the first one, like you said. I love I think Dream Warriors is my favorite. Nightmare one comes in behind that. I hate uh, the second one. I hate Freddy's Dead. All the rest of them are just mediocre, but those two are just awful. And then the remake, which I don't hate as uh, I don't hate as much as many people do, but I still don't like it. Um, the remake. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard that. I'm trying to process that. It's garbage. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate. Mm, I don't hate it as much as Freddy's Dead. What? You like Freddy's Dead more than the remake? No, I hate them both equally. I think they're okay. both garbage. I think the remake is better than Freddy's Dead. Freddy's Dead is just so stupid. Is that the one where he he's on a broomstick and he's like, "I'll get you, my pretty." Yes. Yes. You don't you don't think that's cringier than just that? like 2000s edgy version i i I think they're different but equally cringeworthy i was a big fan uh i am a big fan of jackie early haley who Mm -hmm. was cast as freddy i thought that was perfect casting i just thought the script was horrible yeah so you would have liked to seen his freddy in a better movie yes absolutely did you like the burn the burn makeup on him because i hear a lot of people don't like that he was redesigned uh i thought it was just okay Mm-hmm. Well, we're not. I guess we're not. We're not talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. We're talking about Freddy versus Jason. But yeah, I'm not a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Um, I do like two out of the movies, but the rest are just either mediocre or bad. And I think that's a that's a just a problem with the studio. They had a lot of in- interference, and and I don't know who it was that decided to make the ending of Nightmare One, where the mom gets dragged through the the window in the that, door. That was Bob Shea, the head of New Line, and he inter- uh, he also had the idea to do the oatmeal in the stairs and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, he and and everything I've read, you've read Shockwaves, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. Wes Craven was just too nice of a guy. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes he just needed to have a bigger pair, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, but yeah, he got stomped on by Sean Cunningham. He got stomped on by Bob Shea. And so, yeah, there are some scenes in A Nightmare on Elm Street and A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, New Nightmare, also Scream, where Wes Craven had some scenes. Uh, I hated that. Oh, where the Freddy... hey fred yeah that was the weinsteins they insisted on that and so yeah that was that was not wes craven yeah he seems i was watching um on the nightmare on elm street dvd that i have they have a little like a documentary about it and he yeah he seems so soft-spoken and so nice um and i was like the guy had he he grew up in a baptist home in cleveland ohio I heard that. Yeah, he yep. couldn't watch movies. Nope, except up. Disney movies. And he went to Wheaton College, and then he did a master's in English at John Hopkins. He was a professor, and then he left to do movies. He's He really was, according to everyone I've heard, one of the sweetest guys who've ever lived. He just, But he got pushed around by executives too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that'll happen in the horror movie industry. We see so many failures and remakes and sequels, and that's all due to, okay, this will make money, so let's do that instead of making the movie good. Right. Which I'm um, afraid will have will happen with Blumhouse's Black Christmas remake. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that did you see the trailer? I was really not excited about that. I did not see the trailer. I, I avoid trailers now like the plague. Yeah. Um, don't watch the Black Christmas trailer. It ruins the movie. It spells out the twist. That's horrible. But yeah. I so going back to Freddy versus Jason, um, like I said, I do like Monica Keener. I hate Kelly Rowland in it. Um, I, I I thought was it Ken Kinzinger who played Jason? I thought he did an okay job. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I just I, I don't think it's a like I said when I watched it originally in the theater, I thought it was okay. When I rewatched it last night, I thought it was. A bit of a hot mess. Mm-hmm. There are some good moments in this movie. Oh, like I said earlier, overall I hate this movie, but there are some good moments. Um, my favorite kill is the guy, and he's laying in bed. He uh, grabs a, a can of beer, leans oh, back over. Yeah. Then Jason stabs, like he stabs him so much that his heart comes out of his chest through the bed, and then he folds the bed up <laughs> into like a V. That's yeah. a great kill. Uh, obviously CGI went into that with the legs curled back, but you know, whatever. There's a lot of CGI kills with like the guy who gets his head twisted around. It doesn't look too great, but, um, there are some good kills. I like the guy that gets impaled on the thing and then thrust up into the air by Jason. That's such a stupid, but fun kill. Um, I like the part where, um, I like uh, the flaming machete. Yeah, that's cool. When he throws it and it goes through the guy's chest. That's awesome. Um, I don't know how the machete, it's like, it stayed on fire. I don't know how that works. I think no, Dead Meat would have, on, but yeah. on the uh, kill count, I think it was James from Dead Meat that said that that's not how metal works. And I think they had a, they had to put lighter fluid on it to get it to be on fire in those scenes, which oh, it was obvious. It was not doused in lighter fluid anywhere in and the movie. Why does, and by the way, I have it on, I'm playing it on background on mute right now. Why does his hockey mask not have the the axe the notch in it? Yeah, yeah it I have... don't. Uh, I don't know. Why does it? Uh, this brings me back to part eight. Why did he it have the notch in part eight? Wasn't it somebody else's mask? They're really inconsistent with the. Yeah, it's really work. inconsistent, and I just, you know, with all due respect to Jay of the Dead, who gave us a shout out on his blog. Mm-hmm. Um, with all due respect to Jay, who tries to make sense of these movies, um, you can't make sense of these movies. And he, <laughs> yeah. he tries to defend Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller, but I'm sorry, this is a cash grab. These, you know, and look, I just paid hundreds of dollars to go to Camp Crystal Lake. I love these movies. They're a cash grab. Yeah. Um, I have a with few things to say about two, which is yeah. Genius. Part two, yeah, you keep coming back to that. Part two is, is it's, uh, the Bible. It's, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm a pastor. I'm not saying it's the Bible. I'm just saying <laughs> it's genius. It's a great horror movie. Yeah, I can agree. Part, part now, two remember, and part four. Before you criticize part two, I'm sending you a Tom Savini signed hockey mask. So... Oh, I'm not criticizing part two. Part two is my second favorite Friday movie. Um, 
But uh, yeah, Freddy versus Jason, don't like it one bit. Um, however, there is one part of this movie that I'm absolutely fascinated with. The fact that, I don't know if you remember this character, but Deputy Stubbs, um, he's a police officer. His real name is Lachlan Monroe. Um, he was in this awful Christmas movie, which I think I've talked to you about before. I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's like coming, not coming home from Christmas, but it's this awful Christmas movie that I ended up watching on TV where he plays a post office worker or post office, um, uh, manager. And I remember one of the lines in the thing is like, uh, there are too many sick kids writing in to Santa. We need to cut that off because it's crowding up my mail or something like that. So seeing him in this movie, all I could think of was the fact that this man who's in Freddy vs. Jason, this movie that made a huge amount of money, was also in a TV movie <laughs> where a man's trying to stop, stop sick kids uh, from writing to Santa. You do what you have to do, man, when you're an actor. I... I... I have, you know, I have sympathy. So tell me what is your rating and review for, or, well, you've given us a review, but rating for yeah. Freddy versus Jason. Uh, my rating is going to be a four out of 10. Wow. I'm sorry. This is my, probably my least favorite of the franchise. Oh boy. I'm, I'm going to just go slightly higher than you. I'm going to also go 4.5 out of 10. Now, I'm going to say avoid unless you're a hardcore Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday 13 fan. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm coming down. But now I know I've been the downer and bummer on this show so far, but I really like this next one. We're going to Friday the 13th, the reboot from 2000. Nine. All right, you ready? Let's do it! Who's messing with the lights? Friday the 13th. Rated R, starts Friday, February 13th. Now, I rewatched it the other day in the airport, and even in a bright airport, I found the rewatch to be brutal. Yep. I loved Derek Mears as Jason. I like the cast, not so much the way they were written. They were too no. cliche. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this crowd comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see these people coming together ever. I thought the ending was forced and made no sense. But I love the way it was shot. I love the special effects. I love Derek Mears. What do you have to say about Friday 13th, 2009? I really dig this movie. I like yes. it a lot. Um, this movie, every... Growing growing up, I see before I had seen these movies, I hear I heard people talk about them. And everybody said that this movie was awful, that this movie just sucked. Really? And I think the reason for I think the reason for that might have been that they watched the theatrical version, uh, 
more than I think there, there's two cuts of this movie, right? There's yes, the killer there's cut. The, yep, the theatrical and killer um, cut. I, I sent you the killer cut, which you watched. Yes. You like that a lot more. Yes, because I feel like the gore was fantastic in this movie. The human characters suck. That's part of the course. I mean, they're di- the writing is just awful. The way they talk, you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty bad. But Jason, Jason is scarier than ever before. He's running. He's yep. throwing stuff. Yep. He's using traps and yep. like, and he's got alarms and stuff set up. He's smart. This is smart Jason. Like the Jason that we, the part, this is part two Jason. Um, he runs, he's smart. Uh, but part two is better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can agree <laughs> with that. Um, his kills in this movie are brutal. Like, in other movies, he's pretty quick, right? He'll, he'll behead them and or or stab right. them, and they'll die pretty much instantly. And he's, this not, movie, he's not plotting like Frankenstein in this one. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's Rambo in this one. Yep. He, yeah, he... Uh, that sleeping bag kill where he strings that girl up oh, over the fire. That's brutal. So brutal. And then um, uh, Ben Feldman, uh, Richie, I think his character's name is, um, is running towards her and he gets caught in a bear trap and you can see his leg just gets stretched out down to the bone. That's awful. And, and Ben Feldman, by the way, I'm a big fan of from Mad Men and uh, Superstore, and As Above, So Below, which is that movie about the catacombs of Par- uh, beneath Paris. Right. Um, he's barely in the movie. He's in that like cold open, basically. Um, which, 25-minute cold open, I don't really know how that works. But, um, th- yeah, this movie is brutal. The way the characters are dispatched is, like, so you feel really bad for them because they actually get time to, like, you know, you, you they feel agony and you feel really bad for them because it, it just feels wrong when you're watching it. Like with the other movies, you're kind of cheering for Jason because the kills are so crazy and the characters are so unlikable. But with this one, especially with uh, Chewie and Lawrence, you know, the two stoners, yeah. you, you really feel bad for them. Especially, you know, Chewie gets killed and, and Lawrence is like, I got to go back out for him. And then, of course, he gets the axe to the back and he's Jason is using him as bait for the other people. And that's just so brutal. Jason is, is smart, and a smart killer is scarier than any mindless, you know. I like that. I like that Jason is smarter. He has, he can do cardio. He's, yeah. got, he's got the whole camp wired. I, I like that so much more than any of the other Jasons, with the exception of part two, because that's my favorite. But I, 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 I really like how they play this up. Yep. Um, there are some parts of this movie that I don't like. As mentioned before, the writing is not great. The way characters nope. talk is so crappy. I mean, they're just like, it's it's just. Hmm, there's well, there's, that, and I mean, who? Okay, you're 16 years old. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're not far away from the age of this character. Right. This character, sorry. Who hangs out with these people? How does? Uh, yeah, and also uh, interesting, the fact that all of these actors are in their late 20s or early 30s well, when yeah. they're portraying. Yeah, uh, like I said, Ben Feldman, he was uh, 29 or 30 whenever he was portraying this character who's supposed to be, what, early 20s? Um, he is, you know, these characters are, it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, the movie, I don't want to bring up this movie because it's awful, but Cry Wolf starring John Bon Jovi 
all of those characters are in their oh. late 20s and they're playing high school characters. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Was that a suppressed memory for I'm you? I'm a Bon Jovi fan, but oh. Um, yeah, Cry yeah, not great. It's, no, it, it's... It, but I thought that, despite the fact, I agree with you, the script was not well written. Mm-hmm. The dialogue, the characters were not well written. But I thought the actors did as much as they could with what they had. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like like I said before, Chewie and Lawrence are my favorite characters. They're just so entertaining to watch. And when they die, they die good. I mean, the kills in this movie are fantastic, like we said before. Really long, agonizing. Especially Chewie, who gets the screwdriver through his neck, and it's so long. You're like, cut away, please. But it just keeps going. Um, really brutal. And I like the way that they had Jason get his hockey mask in this movie. Where he just randomly finds it in the mechanic shop. That's so fantastic because it's like right. they're they're kind of acknowledging how random it was in part three that he just found a hockey mask and started right. wearing it to the rest of the series. Um, but I do like that they have quite a bit of baghead Jason in this movie. I do too, even though I don't think the baghead looks nearly as good as part two. Yeah, maybe not. But and they ditched the. Uh, farmer but they went for a less farmer outfit more grungy and dirty um but yeah i i one thing i don't care for is the opening of this movie with pamela Voorhees. i don't really like the rainy black and white cutting in between credits with the intro i think they they could have done that like outside of the credit sequence yeah and, and they and they don't really explain the build-up right i mean the the they don't really fix the continuity unless i missed it no they don't and i well i think we see you know jason is watching this happen so obviously he's alive he never drowned um that's canon in this movie um but I don't really like that he was there during the events of part one. He was just watching, and immediately after uh, Alice left, he just ran up and took the machete. Like, that's so, like, that kind of... Well, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Because when we finish this up, we need to talk about where we want this franchise to go. Mm-hmm. And so I have something to say about that. But sure. what else do you have to say about Friday 13th, 2009? This came out, like you just said, in 2009, and it is very reminiscent of 2009. The haircuts on the characters, very 2009. The outfits, um, and I don't don't like that. I don't like when a movie doesn't feel timeless. Like, I think a movie that that Halloween, everything looks very 70s, but it also has a charm to it. It's charmingly 70s. This movie is not Mm -hmm. charming with its outfits, you know, crop tops and... Uh, tight t-shirts it's just not a good look it's very cw yeah it that is exactly the way i would describe it yeah it, they even have what supernatural act like the one of the actors from supernatural in yeah, it i think travis winkle yeah 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 it's it is very very much um and jared paladecki or padalecki i think he's in um he's also in cry wolf that's a strange uh well it's just it, it... Yeah, it's just, it's too, you know, uh, photoshopped kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but overall, I still found the movie, I had problems with it, to be sure, mm-hmm. but I still thought it really, 
And maybe the center of this is Derek Mears. I thought Derek Mears Jason was so brutal. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Yeah, he's fantastic. All right, so what would you rate Friday 13, 2009? I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Um, that's And considering the last two movies, which I gave uh, 4 out of 10 and a 6.5, this is like a real breath of fresh air for me. 7 out of 10. I would rewatch this movie. I would call this a high-priority rental. Um, but if you if you can buy it, get the killer cut because that is, I mean, it's just brutal. All right. Well, I'm actually going higher. You, I'm going eight out of ten on the killer cut. Wow. Um, and I'm saying it's a must own. Um, I think it's one of the best movies of that year and horror movies of that year. And so, eight out of ten on the on the killer cut, not mm-hmm. on the theatrical. On the killer cut, I'm saying eight out of ten. And I'm saying buy it. I think it's fantastic. And I'm a little shocked that they didn't, Platinum Dunes didn't do a direct sequel because this was made for 19 million and it made 90 million. I mean, I had no idea Michael Bay was attached to this. Like when I started it off and I saw it's done. Yeah. When I looked, when I, when the credits started and it said produced by Michael Bay, I was like, oh no. And then I kept watching. I was like, oh, this is fine. I guess he didn't have very much involvement with it. Um, Probably did. But to be, to be fair, Michael Bay has. I also liked his Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Yeah. Not as much as the original, but I still liked it. Yeah. I, I like, see, here's the thing. I feel really bad liking these remakes because I feel like if I say that I like these and I support these, then they're just going to keep remaking movies that don't need to be remade. Uh, case in point, Black Christmas. But also, like, when there is the rare good one, you know, we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, that which is not good. and But this one is, um, Texas Chainsaw remake is, and, I mean, I, I, it's, it's strange to me how sometimes it just can go so horribly wrong or so horribly right, you know? Well, yeah, but it's always a crapshoot. I mean, look, I I said this before. I almost, when Greg Amortis was on the show, I said I almost walked out on Rob Zombie's Halloween. I've grown to like it. Um, I hate part two, but I do like part one. But yeah, it's hit or miss. But that being said, I thought this is one of the better remakes, along with I also really like the remake of The Crazies. Mm-hmm. And Last House on the Left and The Evil Dead. I thought those remakes were really good. So, like, I, I, I'm going 8 out of 10 on this one. I'm saying it's a buy. I, I really like it. The Killer Cut. The Killer Cut. You got to get the Killer Cut. Uh, but I think it's really good. Now, I would say, con- I would say um, with that, also, movie we talked about last week, if you're going to get Jason Goes to Hell, get the unrated cut. Because the gore is what makes these movies. Yeah, nothing's going to make Jason goes to hell, but in my opinion, but anyway, um, (laughs) I think it's a piece of crap. Um, but that being said, where do you want the franchise to go? All right. Let's say Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham, they can settle their differences. They can get something else going. Where do you want it to go? (sighs) Ah, I don't know. That's hard because part of me wants to say, I want classic friday the 13th back i want a sequel to part four 
you know, the same universe as part one, part two, and part four. I want that universe. But also, I mean, I feel like the reboot universe is the, is the way to go. Because this is what, obviously, this is what this new generation wants. They want, a like, a faster, sleeker, more brutal Jason. Because, like it or not, psych, like, psychological horror or, like, um, a slow killer isn't really what this this uh generation is about so i don't know what'll make money i don't know what'll happen i'm seeing a like a complete remake in the future i'm not in for that i don't i don't think they should just completely remake it and disregard everything before it what i think they should do and this is what i would like is the halloween 2018 route where they go part one two three four and then they disregard all the other movies and do a all sequel. right so let me be clear for jay of the dead mm-hmm you're disagreeing with Bill Shetty. Sure. I I would say I would say I would say Halloween 2018 it. And listen, this has been my, my dream for the longest time is to been to do the same thing with Creature from Black Lagoon. I've talked about this before. But uh, I think I, that no. taking you and John Carpenter both want to redo Car- Creature from Black Lagoon. It's your favorite movie, but <laughs> just before we move on and I I'll, I'll let you move on. Just in case Bill Shetty is disagreeing, because he always says younger fans are and horror movie fans don't. You're disagreeing with him on Halloween 2018. You're 16 years old. You're disagreeing with him on Halloween Halloween 2018. I just, I just think that's the way to go. I think it's the way you you need to. But let me just get this from you. I just so we have it clear, you like Halloween 2018. Yes, I loved Halloween 2018. All right, there we go, Bill Shetty. There we go. Now, go ahead, please. Um, I just think that's the way to go. You have these movies that even the new generation can hold dear. The first Friday, second Friday, fourth Friday. I think everyone can agree that those are in the top five best Friday the 13th movies. The one, two, and four, I think, are on everybody's top five, pretty much. Um, But just taking those movies that everyone can hold dear... And going back to that universe with reoccurring actors, possibly bringing it back, it, it's just it's it's the way to go because you you can do something new with it and you can make it for a new generation, but you also can call back to those like original things without feeling cheap. You know, right. it's not it's not like you're in a you're just remaking it, but you want to call back to get nostalgia. You're in the same universe, so that things make sense if you bring back actors. I think that's the problem with some of these remakes, like the Nightmare remake. They want to recreate stuff from the first Nightmare on Elm Street or Dream Warriors, but it's in an entirely different universe, so it feels undeserved. But with Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. you can have Laurie Strode back because that you're still residing in that that canon. Um, and I think that's, that's the perfect, it pleases fans and it pleases newcomers. I, I totally agree. And so once again, you and I are team J of the dead, not team (laughs) Bill Shetty, right? Yes. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Here's where I want the Friday 13th series to go. If, and it looks like it's fairly close to, a deal between Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller. It looks like Victor Miller is going to win it. Um, LeBron James production company wants to buy it out from Victor Miller. 
here's where I want to see it go. Because my biggest problem with Friday 13th has been the continuity. Mm-hmm. I want, instead of a series of films, I want a Netflix series. Oh, okay. And I want Brian Fuller to be the showrunner. Brian Fuller, who was the showrunner for Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to Eli Ross' History of Horror podcast, he is a huge fan of Friday 13th. But he has the same problems you and I do with the movies going on, that there wasn't enough care placed in them, not enough continuity. He wants it to be... He wants the continuity. He wants the care. He wants investment in this he's the intelligent articulate wonderful you know producer i want brian fuller to do a friday 13th netflix series okay that's what i want because he would oversee that it all makes sense they're not huge plot gaps that's what i want i think that would be awesome your opinion yeah I think that makes sense. I think a Netflix series could really work, especially with the budget that Netflix series are getting these days. Um, We've seen that streaming services are the way of the future. Like it or not, whether you're a fan of cable, I don't know who's a fan. I don't think anybody's a fan of cable these days. Or whether you're a fan of good old-fashioned theater-going experiences. I think we can can all agree that streaming services are the way of the future. We're seeing that now with Disney Plus coming in and Netflix and Hulu dominating Amazon Prime, Shudder, even as making a huge, you know, in the horror community, making waves. And... I mean, that this is the way of the future. Instead of having cable, we can just pick the streaming services that we like. And that's, I mean, that's great. And that is what people want. And I think that you would have a huge audience if you went the streaming service route. I think the problem with streaming services is the that if we saw this with Swamp Thing, when um, when a show doesn't get enough. Well, but DC is DC. They're crap. Sure. Sure. Well, well, I think the problem with having a series is that you do one season, and if it doesn't make enough money, they'll just like they'll get rid of it. And I think that but that I, would be a problem if there's unresolved, because you know they're going to have to end the last episode of the season with a cliffhanger. And if it doesn't make enough money, they'll just cut it, and we'll never get a resolution. I'm I'm okay with one season of Friday Thirteen. So you want a mini series, basically? Yes. Okay. Yes. With a intelligent showrunner mm-hmm. like Brian Fuller, who would oversee it and make sure it was done right, yes. Okay. I would yeah. be cool with that. All right. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. And I, I do, yeah, many series, they kind of, and we see this with stuff like Battlestar Galactica, that's, that is the way to go because you can resolve everything and divide the budget up. You know, you don't have to spend it all on one thing and be like, all right, there it is. Let's see if people go see it. It's, right. it's, I think that is the way to go. Um, I I was just concerned. I thought you wanted like a multi-season TV show like Daredevil or Punisher or something no. like that. No, no, no. I would like one season, okay. 13 episodes. It right. doesn't have to be that many episodes. I just picking that because it's Friday 13th. Yeah. But one season, Brian Fuller overseeing it, done well continuity good actors that's it and i'm good sure yeah i'm good with that too i don't know if that'll happen but that's that's what i want 
No, it'll never happen because nothing I want in Hollywood ever happens. But yeah. that's that's what I want. That's that's what I want from the future of the series. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I mean, I, I think that's that's if if the community rallies around that and if this, you know, um law dispute gets cleared up, I think that is the way that they'll go if they're smart. Because if they just make a movie and it doesn't do well, that's it. You know, another that's another half a decade without another movie because it's going to pass between right. people. Sort of right. like what happened between Jason Goes to Hell and, and uh, or, or yeah, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X when it was picked up by New Line. Um, well, they ha- picked up Jason Goes to Hell, but, but you're right. I mean, it was just, it, it, it was just, hey, what will be cool? There was no mm-hmm. continuity. That's why I want Brian Fuller involved. Brian Fuller, who did Hannibal, if you go listen to Eli Ross' History of Horror podcast with him in it, he states how much he loves Friday the 13th, but he was disappointed on, you know, how after part two, there was, you know, you know, diminishing returns. And so I want somebody like that who loves the franchise, loves horror, smart guy, knows how to do TV, to do it and oversee it as a franchise where it makes sense and it's scary and it has Jason and Mrs. Voorhees. It does it right. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. I agree. Horror community, make this happen. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Brian Fuller Friday 13th. Let's make this happen. All right. So, buddy, um, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Kane underscore Hero 12. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero 12. On Letterboxd, I'm at Kane Hero. I also have a YouTube channel, which is linked in both of those websites. And your YouTube channel is awesome, by the way. And you've got some (laughs) short films on there. It's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, People can find me, Pastor Matt R on Twitter um, and also on Letterboxd. Also, you can find Father and Son Watch Horror com. You can find Father and Son Watch Horror on a closed Facebook group, and you can find us on Twitter. So search us out. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. If you do, in a week, mm-hmm. pick a couple winners, and some of you are going to get a free Camp Crystal Lake tour stuff, a tumbler or a notebook, and so we will take care of that. Also, I will be sending a couple of extra stuff to podcasters who call us out, give us a shout out. I will be sending some Camp Crystal Lake water bottles, too. So that's what we have coming up. But, guys, this has been such an honor to do Friday 13th with my best buddy, my pal, (laughs) my mini-me. And you don't understand how, how busy I am and he is. He's taking college classes. He's volunteering at his church. He's He's got all kinds of things going on. Uh, I have a full-time job. I'm doing a doctorate, all that kind of stuff. So we do this for the love of it. We do this for the love of horror movies and for you guys. And you guys have shown us so much love. We want to give back to you guys. So please, 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 please subscribe, rate, and review. And next week, we will pick a winner 
um, at random, we will uh, find a way to do that. If you're already, you've already put, um, you've already subscribed and put a, a rating and review, you're already in. You're already in there. So you're already, uh, you know, eligible. So that's where we're going. Give a big shout out to those people who have loved us Greg Amortis, Haddonfield Hatchet, um, Dave Becker, Bill Van Bay Bagel. Um, you know, all you guys, Wolfman Josh, um, Dino, Jay of, the Dead. Michelle, Jay of the Dead, even Bill Shetty, Lady <laughs> Phantom, all those guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. So, Jackson, say goodnight to the good people. Good night. And remember, if you're Canadian, prepare for the great hockey band of 2024. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I love it. I don't know what that means, but I love it. What the is facial, that the facial armor was outlawed in 2024. Oh, that's right, from Jason X. That's right. right. Clever callback. You see oh, him working it in there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You pulled it. All right. <laughs> All right. And remember that the family who watches horror movies together stays together. See ya. <laughs>